Good morning. Now, which one did we see earlier? Uh, let's praise or worship God because we are his holy temple or the place in which we are is a place of worship and his sanctuary. Welcome uh, to Ndola Baptist Church. We are grateful that you all responded by coming and we appreciate your coming and value your fellowship. Our theme in this conference is basically living as and for Christ. Living as and for Christ. That is, as youths, we must live as Christ lived. We must imitate Christ. In the language of the Apostle Paul, imitate me as I imitate Christ. We not only to live as Christ did, we live for Christ. We do not live for ourselves. That is what we will be reflecting on. Living as and for Christ as youths as this age group and to do that I'll invite you to turn to 2nd Timothy 2nd Timothy chapter 2 2nd Timothy chapter 2 we will read from verse 14 to the end of that chapter our focus verse the verse we will seek to open up from different facets will be verse 22. But verse 22 is in the context, in the setting of that whole chapter, but we will read from verse 14 to the end of the chapter. And I'm reading from a version called the New English Translation. So don't worry if it doesn't sound like the NIV or the ESV. We read in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 14 remind people and of this remind people of these things and solemnly charge them before the Lord not to wrangle over words this is of no benefit it just brings ruin on those who listen make every effort to present yourself before God as a proven worker who does not need to be ashamed teaching the message of truth accurately. But avoid profane chatter because those occupied with it will stray further and further into ungodliness. And their message will spread its infection like gangrene. Amenaeus and Philetus are in this group. They have strayed from the truth by saying that the resurrection has already occurred and they are undermining some people's faith. However, God's solid foundation remains standing, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from evil. Now, in a wealthy home, there are not only gold and silver vessels, 
but also ones made of wood and of clay. And some are for honorable use, but others for ignoble use. So if someone cleanses himself of such behavior, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart, useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Verse 22, but keep away from youthful passions, but flee the desires that are evil of youth. Flee from the lusts of youth, but keep away from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faithfulness, love and peace in company with others who call on the Lord from a pure heart. But reject foolish and ignorant controversies because you know they breed infighting. And the Lord's slave must not engage in heated disputes. Be kind toward all, an apt teacher, patient, correcting opponents with gentleness. Perhaps God will grant them repentance and their knowledge of the truth. And they will come to their senses and escape the devil's trap where they are held captive to do his will. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Reflecting on this theme, I would like us to address the theme by focusing on the exposition, the opening up, the unbundling of verse 22 of 2 Timothy chapter 2. And we'll unbundle it or open it up from many facets, from many sides, from many perspectives that the text presents to us in calling us to live as Christ did and to live for Christ. Please do not leave that thrust. We will be opening up this verse to see how we must live as Christ did and to see how we must live for Christ. Notice that our verse is in the context of being useful in the house, in the church of God, as an approved vessel or worker by God. We discussing opening this verse in the context, in the setting of being useful. Oh, I know that it will probably heat up and our fans will not do a great work. May I persuade you to keep awake. And if your neighbor is sleeping, you're welcome to elbow them. Uh, just nudge them under the ribs and that they need to be awake. If you feel that you are sleeping, I give you permission to stand up and just stretch yourself or even walk around. You're better off standing than seated but sleeping. Uh, so please do not pray for the preacher during this period. Uh, there is much time to pray. It's in the context of being useful. So you notice that already what we have in those verses is living for Christ as useful 
disciples of Christ. Jesus Christ lived his life usefully for the Father. He didn't just live it for the sake of living. He came to accomplish the mission which his Father gave him. So it's in the context. We in the house, we belong to the church and we must be useful there. We could emphasize a little more how useful we are as youths, but we'll be focusing on opening up verse 2. 2 Timothy 2, verse 14 to 26, is a charge to Timothy to remain faithful. And that must be because Paul is simply telling him that which he learned from his master, even the Lord Jesus Christ. That he was faithful. But as you read in his letters, he will later say things like, even when we become unfaithful, he remains faithful because he cannot disown himself. So it's in the context of our being faithful to the Lord. To adhere to faithfulness in public ministry and public life. To adhere to faithfulness in personal life. And then in chapter 2, verse 22 to 26, we have summary applications to the exhortations from chapter 2, verse 1 to 24. To read chapter 2, verse 1 to 24, the Apostle Paul is a little more calling to this belief system. And when he's provided the basis for application, he then calls us to that application. So we read in verse 22. Here is how you apply what I've told you, Timothy. Run. Timothy, you're asking the question in what, in re regarding what you have said, what must I do? How do I apply this? Run. Flee the evil desires of youth. So we are in a context or in a passage that is applicatory. That is saying this is what you do. In this context, the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy showing him that those who live as and for Christ are known by this Jesus Christ. Those who live as Christ did, those who live for Christ, are known by this Lord. That's what he says in verse 19. However, God's solid foundation remains standing, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And everyone who, who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from evil. The Lord knows those who are his. Let me pause at this point. Uh, for some of you, you're probably listening to me for the first time. Let me just ask, are we okay so far? Okay, that, does, that doesn't sound convincing. <laughs> Are we fine so far? Are you able to follow me? If you are not able to follow me, please raise your hand. Just tell me your English sounds lambish and we will adjust. Okay? It's no use pretending. It's a sin to pretend. So if you're pretending, please come for counseling in my office. 
I sincerely mean it. If you're not okay, please tell me. Uh, and we need to adjust. Uh, we need to adjust. So since you've told me we are fine, uh, we will run in that way because we are fine. In considering then our theme, leaving us in for Christ, and in opening up chapter 2 of 2 Timothy verse 22, notice firstly that this is a charge to a youth who was in a position of leadership. This was a young man. Now, there are many arguments as you read commentators they will tell you uh, Timothy was probably in his 30s uh, towards 40s whatever the age was he was a youth was a young man a young man that was a little me a little bit timid he was not outgoing he would easily get ashamed to do certain things but he's writing to a youth who was in a position of leadership. And his position of leadership generally understood as pastor, but accurately an apostolic representative. Was representing the apostle Paul, like Titus, and that they had certain things they could do that we do not do as pastors today. But he was in that office of a pastoral nature, but an apostolic representative. He was writing to a godly youth. He was a writing to a youth you would rarely think would be overtaken with these things. He was writing to a youth in good standing. It's to that youth who is in a pastoral or pastor-like office who is a godly young man whose love for God is not questioned, who knew the scriptures from his childhood, learned from the grandmother and the mother as well, and he grew up in the scriptures. It is to this young man the Apostle Paul writes, run from the evil desires of youth. So firstly, please notice that he's giving this charge to a youth in leadership, an apostolic representative. This is one who was timid, I indicated. We read in First Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. If somebody is 40, I'll have difficulties addressing them as young. But Timothy was young, like some of you. He was a young man. Probably even way back in his 20s. The range is not determined, but he was young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and purity. It is important, as I've indicated, to observe as we consider this command, this injunction, this statement of instruction to take note of the fact that the one Apostle Paul was admonishing, the one the Apostle Paul was cautioning, the one the Apostle Paul was warning, 
was actually a holy, godly, fear, God-fearing person. One who was very much, one who was very much in good standing with his Lord. In fact, as I've indicated, he was an apostolic representative. What that teaches us is simply this. That in matters of holiness, in matters of purity, in matters of living like Christ, in matters of living for Christ, even the best must not be overly safe. Even the best of Christians still require to be told to live, to run, to watch out, to stand firm. Paul elsewhere puts it this way. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. That's what he says to the Corinthians. Chapter 10, verse 12. And he's saying to the Corinthians, well, in case the things I write to you, they sound to you like, look, I already know these things. I am standing just fine. The apostle Paul says, all, even you, you need the warning. You need the caution. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. But to Timothy, he says to him, flee. And that's what he's saying to you. So you may be saying you are holy. You be saying to me, but why are you saying this to me? Now you know us. You know, we, we are the very best of Christians. You know, just, just challenge us. I will show you how holy I am. I know the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I know all the hymns all talk about choruses. I mean, if you look at the way I dress, can you fault me? I'm the best lady and guy. Well, what about my hairstyle? Perfect. I am saying to you, even if you are that person, watch out. You still need to be reminded, run. Flee from the evil desires of youth. What Paul is saying to you and to me is this. In this business of living as Christ did, in this business of living for Christ, there's no break. There's no rest. There is no vacation. There is no holiday. The Apostle Paul would tell us again and again in matters of salvation, not only in terms of being saved, you'd say the day of salvation is tomorrow. Amen? The day of salvation is tomorrow, right? No. The day of salvation is today. The day of salvation is today. Not only salvation in terms of being saved, but continuing to be saved as pursuing holiness or holiness. In matters of holiness, even the best must not be overly secure. I would like to stop and ask a question. If you think, if we are to do a test here, 
you will come out as the holiest. If you think that your walk with Jesus in this group is the best, if you think you in terms of this issue of sinning, sin is far, you never sin, you don't gossip, you don't watch wrong things, please raise your hand. Or we even need the admonition more. If no one can say they are the best, then we need the admonition. We need the challenge. So at the very beginning, friends, I would like to say to you, even before we open up these words, please heed, obey, pay attention to that verse. Flee, run, and bemba katende May he give me flight in lamba weka shishlo. Ngofueko, we just use the biggest of lamba. Ukukanda muka. Run, run for your life. Flee the evil desires of yours. As we continue to observe that this is to a godly man, this is to a leader, we notice that it's important to observe this is a godly person and the challenge is this. Even the best of you must be warned. Secondly, what Timothy is being called to do is to live as a youth a life of purity, a life of righteousness, a life of love, a life of faith and peace just listing them that's what is in the verse we're not answering the question yet what is righteousness what is peace what is love and what is faith we just stating as an introductory mark he's being called to live a pure life therefore as a youth the question you must be wrestling with is this are you sure you are living a life of purity can you truly say you are living a holy life how did jesus live well, we read of jesus that even when he was tempted in every way even when he came and lived among us even when he identifies with us and is not ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters by implication, he did not sin. He obeyed the Father's commands perfectly. Jesus Christ lived the holiest of lives. We, in some sense, cannot in this life live up to that standard. Holiest, faultless, perfect, no sin. We cannot. Because John will tell us, if anyone among you says they have no sin, they not only deceive others, they deceive themselves and the truth is not in them. While that is true, the Apostle Peter tells us this. 
quoting from Leviticus that this is what God says be perfect because I am perfect live holy lives because I am holy live holy lives because of who you are you are a holy priesthood a holy nation a people belonging to God it's in that context but this verse is calling you and is calling me to purity. Our standard is Jesus. We must always say, this is how he lived. And as far as he gives me grace, as he gives me strength, as he gives me opportunity, I will live in as much as possible in this life as he lived. How did he live? He lived a pure life. That even his enemies acknowledged. This man, even if they have killed him, they have killed an innocent man. A king, an emperor, when Jesus was being led to be crucified and was going through trials, said, I find nothing wrong with this man. Nasambam. That's the life he lived. Not just when he was old. By the way, Jesus Christ in this life didn't graduate beyond being a youth. Jesus Christ didn't graduate from being a youth. Jesus Christ died at what age? At what age did Jesus die? At what age? 33. When generally are we told is the last ceiling for youths? 35. He died as a youth. He lived a pure life in your age group. So you cannot talk Jesus. Uh -uh. He lived as a youth and he lived a pure life. That's what this verse is calling us to do. Friends, this is important. One of the things I do occasionally is when I work late, I knock off maybe around 20, 30 or 21, I just drive around town. Just drive around town. I go down Broadway, the way it goes this way, come up this way, come this way up to uh, Northrise and come back again where the, and the people majority I find are youths. Whether it's young men or young ladies, whether they are lining, lining up the road or they are drinking, it's the youths. If you go to the bars, the majority there will be youths. Go to YouTube. See how many will have posted videos there, whether it will be people in their 70s or in their 30s or 20s. Which age group posts more? You. <laughs> and some of the videos just tell you, yeah, 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 yeah. Because some of you like Zoto. You see the way you are speaking. <laughs> no, it's you. <laughs> Live pure lives. 
Ndio here is my experience for a long time since the introduction of cell phones and when a youth is on sending a message or facebook whatever it is i say to them may i read and the answer i get is no i wasn't doing anything meanwhile they are deleting everything and they say why are you deleting let's read now obviously you said to me but it's private i agree it's private or but it can be sinfully private right sinfully private if you went to the website you visit and we went to your your account activities and read the history yeah 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 you'll we'll be thinking is this a member of Undala Baptist Church live pure some of you if somebody steps on your toe yeah 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 move my feet even the signs are the two pack signs this text is challenging you to live a pure life now notice this is not an old, an old person this is here is one of the things i i get to hear about people when jesus is on the cross and he prays for sinners he says do not hold this against them and when you preach from that passage people are saying what do you expect is jesus you know let me show you whether well, i quickly let them i lead them to stephen or oh, by the way stephen did the same thing human like me lived a pure life david as a young man the pure life joseph as a young man lived a pure life mary as a young woman lived a pure life esther as a young lady lived a pure life naomi and the list goes on and on you have no excuse flee because verse 22 is calling you to purity paul is returning to the matter he digressed from in chapter 2 verse 2 and 16 listen to what he says in verse 16 in the same chapter but avoid Timothy avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly in other words Timothy be godly avoid these things run so Paul is returning to the matter he digressed from in chapter 2 verse 16 and here he's warning his youth this young man a person is mentored to apply himself in and to serious matters such as matters as pertain or relate to godliness taking seriously the things of God must begin please friends taking seriously the things of God must never be delayed let them begin now they must begin when you are young here is what history and experience has taught me that almost everybody that has gotten saved when they are old they have one regret they wish they got saved earlier they would have saved God more is at that point you need to say to them well God never makes mistakes you can never be saved at the wrong point but the point is this 
please begin now. Because here is your thinking. Uh, no, 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 just now shouldn't take things seriously. And this is what we say. When somebody comes, we have two services here. Comes for the morning service, comes for the evening service, goes to the Bible, start on Tuesday, prayer meeting on Thursday. The friends will probably say, Right? People are serious with such things. That's what we say to them. <laughs> you should just live your life, you know. The, the, the life is short. Now, when you get old, then you can get serious. Well, here is the question. Who told you will get old? Who told you you will get old? Don't young people die? So how do you know you will get old? Please don't wait. When you read the story of Timothy, he in fact began as a child, as an infant. That's the word used by Paul. The things you learned in your infancy from your mother and your grandmother. You learned these things and Timothy, you lived in these things. Don't let go. And here he said to him, flee. Well, that's what you've always known. Friends, please become serious with the things of God. I beg you, please become serious. You must be serious with the sins of God, more serious than you study to pass. More serious than you cry for your parents to buy you that latest jeans. More serious than when they don't give you money for your hair. Become serious with the things of God. The problem in our churches today, our youths, we are not serious with the things of God. That is why many times we are not given responsibility. How can we give you to lead on Sunday when we are hearing rumors that you are a drunkard? How can we do that? Should we? Should we ask you to lead when we know you are a chapel? When we know you are a womanizer or manizer? <laughs> No, we shouldn't. Prove us wrong. Prove us, look, I have lived as I should. I am serious with the things of God. I am learning, and yes, I'm young, but doing my best, give me an opportunity. We weep. If we fear God, we should. But if you're just living like just some everybody, anybody, we need to be careful. By the way, here is my life policy. This applies a little more to the Ndola Baptist community, but even to others. If in my judgment you're not serious, I question your Christianity, and you come to me and say, Pastor, marry me, I'll probably say no. Because if you are a man, how can I, with a clear conscience, marry you when I know you won't be heading that home in a godly way? You'll probably be waking up beating your wife every day. How can I with a clear conscience say, now that you've agreed as a young lady, be married to this when I know that later on in life they might need to go for a DNA test for your children. Why would I give you to some man? What is the point I'm emphasizing, friends? Please become serious with the things of God. Don't play. Don't play. Don't. 
you playing with the most serious aspect of Christian life. Taking seriously the things of God must begin in our childhood. Here is what Paul writes about Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5. I've been reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lord's and in your mother Eunice and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. I am reminded that this is true about you. That's what we read regarding Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 2 verse 52. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Now this, this story is being told us when Jesus is young, probably 12, 13, 14, and we are being told even at that age, what was clear that was growing in stature, but also in wisdom. He was growing in favor, purity with God, and also with other people. That's how Jesus lived. That's how we must live. That even when he was young, it would be said of him, he grew in favor. He was fleeing from the evils of youth. That's what Timothy was doing. That's what David was doing. That's what many a young Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego, that's what they did. Run. I've always asked myself this question. If Jesus was to be born today, would we have a Mary from a Baptist church? Would we have a Mary from a Presbyterian church? Would you, if you're a young lady, would you be that Mary? If you was being born today, could God choose you because you are serious and faithful? Or God would be saying, yeah, 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 toloken, toloken, yeah, yeah. Will he skip Zambia and go to Iraq? Will he skip Zambia and go to Sudan? Are you sure you are serious with the things of God? We are not exempt from living God lives, friends, because we are youths. There is this notion among youths that we can live the way we want simply because we are youths. We, are, we still have time in future for the things of God. But now let's just eat, drink, and do all sorts of things to enjoy ourselves. This verse is saying, don't think like that. If you aspire to be of any influence, of any use, of any impact, and of great use in the church, in church life, and in the kingdom of God, how you live, who you live for, are indispensable qualifications. If you are going to be of use to God, in his church and to human beings how you live today and the one you live for matters there is some gentleman who's posted uh, on youtube i think a true thing that reflects it was basically saying this you know if the bishops and pastors and apostles were praying during the prayer and fasting they were only praying for one man can you guess who the president. Everybody. And this one is angry. Where are we? 
Mulefa brown envelope. Friends, we matter. You may not matter to us as pastors, as bishops, particularly as you. Sometimes we just throw you out. I want to tell you God takes you seriously and he demands that you live as his son and you live for his son. What disqualifies us from positions of leadership, positions of service and impact in church life is not because we are young. It is because of our life. Please don't ever think, at least I can speak for Ndola Baptist Church, and I know a number of churches we've come from, that the reason you are not given responsibilities is not simply because you are young. Many times it's because of how you're living, your behavior, your words. I remember in one of the local churches I belong to, I floated a 22-year-old young man was not married to be a deacon. And people kind of said, no, no, no. 22 my job. I said to them, well, I think, find a text. Find a text in the Bible that says, if they are young, they can't be deacons. Find a text. The text we have is, do they qualify? Are they faithful? Is he a young man of integrity? It's not your age. It's your life. Please may I persuade you. Live as Christ did. And live for Christ. All we've observed in this session is simply this. That he was writing to a young man who was in leadership. A godly young man. One who feared God. But to this young man, Paul says, Timothy, run. Even if you are holy now, run. Even if you are upright, run. I would like to say the same. That's what it looks like. To live as Christ did. And to live for Christ. Let's pray. Father, we ask in the name of your son, the one we must live like, and the one we must live for. Even if we're living holy lives, remind us many times that we must be pure. Help us never to look down on us because we are youths. Never to think that we can live sinful lives simply because you are young. The world may tolerate us and deal with us in a very unbiblical way. But your standards for us and for the old are still the same. We must live holy lives. But we can only live holy lives if we are saved. Therefore I do pray that if any among us are not saved, that to live a life as Christ did and to live a life for Christ begins with coming to Christ in repentance and faith, saying to him, I have lived a sinful life. I've lived a life that does not please you. The things I watch, the places I go, the words I speak, the thoughts I entertain are not right. And when such a one comes to and say, forgive and save, you will save. You have begun a work in those who are saved. Continue to work and therefore 
will be called upon for them to work out their salvation. Help us, our Father, we plead, like Timothy, to flee from the evil desires of youth. We ask in that exemplary youth who ever lived, even Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen.